Shalom, shalom. Welcome back to Chatting Rabbis. This is Eliezer Zalmanov in Munster, Indiana. Mendy Chetrik from Istanbul, Turkey. Welcome home, Mendy. How are you? How was your Yantif? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. I had a great uh, holiday of Shavuot, which was uh, celebrated uh, this year, different than any other year. Um, this year we spent Shavuot in the Holy Land, in Yerushalayim. So on the eve of Shavuot, on Erev Shavuot, we had... Um, uh, we celebrated my son's, uh, my youngest son, Tzvi Hirsch, celebrated his uh, haircutting, his Upshernish, first haircut. And then on... Um, so technically the day before Erev Shavuot, it was Friday. Oh, that's right, that's right, the day before Erev Shavuot. And then we were, I was, um, we spent the Shavuot in Yerushalayim, in the holy city of Jerusalem. And we flew in on uh, Monday uh, afternoon. We landed in Istanbul about uh, 10 p.m. Monday evening, after Yontif was already over in Istanbul. That sounds like an interesting uh, scenario. So let's put the scenario out for all those people who don't understand the code, the baseball codes here. All right. So uh, Shavuos was on Sunday. First day of Shavuos was on Sunday. In Israel, Shavuos is only celebrated for one day. Outside of Israel, in the diaspora, everywhere else, Shavuot and all holidays is celebrated for two days. And... Although there are differences of opinions in uh, the halachic application of the Yom Tov Galayot, the second day of Yom Tov in the diaspora for someone who's visiting Israel from outside of Israel, it seems to be common within the Chabad community that we only observe one day, the same as all the Jews living in Israel, even if we're coming from outside of Israel. There are some different opinions, but I think that uh, is it safe, safe to say that that's the majority opinion. Most people follow that. Um, yeah. So it's true, most people, most Chabad people follow that. But uh, not all, not all. Um, my grandfather, for example, Rabbi Lieberman from uh, Antwerp, he was of the opinion that um, if you plan on going back to uh, the diaspora, to live in the diaspora, you're only in Israel for um, a temporary uh, basis, you should do two days. So we actually have a very interesting video of him celebrating uh, Pesach. The second seder. The second seder of Pesach in our house. My grandfather, as I mentioned before, uh, Robert Lieberman, was uh, was blind in the past few years. And he was doing the seder with my grandmother. And he was saying the whole thing. And, you know, she was trying to uh, to correct him. And he's getting <laughs> all nervous about it. So it's... it's <laughs> His not his not being able to see was better than my grandmother's breeding. But I guess uh, may, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe the uh, the Chabad, uh, the majority Chabad opinion is based on the fact that every Jew that visits Israel hopes that that's going to be this last time making the trip, and it will be ultimately it'll be a one way trip, even if you do have a ticket to return. So maybe buried beneath the surface, that's the reasoning for uh, us, uh, for the most part, keeping only one day, because who knows, Mashiach will come while we're there and we won't have to return. Right, but you know what, let me let me try to get a little bit uh, more into it, but let me just, before anything, most non-Chabad Jews, observant Jews, when they go to Israel, they keep two days of Yom Tov, based on the most common uh, halachic uh, ruling, that if you plan on going back to the place where you go, you where you live, um, if you live outside of Israel and you plan on going back, you should follow the custom of doing two days of, of Yom Tov, two days of a holiday. And I want to say something where I participated uh, Sunday night at a wonderful, heartwarming event in Yerushalayim. A very good friend of mine, um, Reb Lazer Shiner. When he was a young student, a young yeshiva student in Israel, so he was invited for the first day meals 
to uh, to a family to spend the to spend a Shavuot meal. He shouldn't eat by he shouldn't eat alone. Came the second day. He's observing two days, and nobody invited him for a meal because all those who are who have their kitchens are all living in Israel. And he did not feel the Yom Tov. He did not feel the holiday because nobody invited him for food. So he made a major meal for more than a thousand people, four course meal for a thousand yeshiva students learning in Yerushalayim, so they should be able to have a wonderful Yom Tov meal. So today he's of means, and he made that commitment years, decades ago, when he was a yeshiva student, and uh, not able to afford a meal. So he fills in that that need today when he's able to afford it. Wow, it's very very special, and there were a thousand people. For- Chabad, Rab, Chabad Yeshiva students and non-Chabad Yeshiva Hasidic, Satmar. I was talking to Bobovers, Vizhnitzers, Bayaners, Satmarers, Ponovich, Mir, Brisk, Pragers. Every Yeshiva, every, every, every group of people, everybody was sitting around. And it wasn't just, you know, some just a little meal. It was a real, real full-fledged four-course meal with meat, soup, fish, all on and fancy china and fancy glass and wine galore more wine than you had you say the night let me tell you that <laughs> and it was it was quite an amazing 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 atmosphere i came at the, uh, you know i just came to say hello and i ended up sitting with the boys over there till like two o'clock in the morning wow. it was really really wonderful wonderful event and kudos to 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 blazer shiner for for really he has a ch- you know some people need to have a hush a special a knack Especially an act to 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 do something good that nobody even thinks about, and he has this right to, to find that to find that niche that uh, that is overlooked. Yes, to find that niche that this is this is missing, and I'll do it for the sake of others. And it's really really unbelievable. It was an unbelievable feeling. But let me let's get let's get a little bit into this issue. And yeah, you mentioned that you flew back on Monday while it was no longer Yontif in Israel, and you landed in Istanbul. I'm assuming Yontif was already over by the time you landed in Istanbul. So a few years ago, I spent Shavuos in Israel. We had a wedding the night before uh, Shavuos in Tel Aviv. So my wife and I flew to Israel for the wedding, and we stayed for Shavuos. It was a the Shavuos was Wednesday, so Arab Shavuos was Tuesday. The wedding was Monday night. So Tuesday we went to Yerushalayim. We spent Shavuos in Yerushalayim, and then originally our plan was to perhaps fly back home for Shabbos. To do that, we would have to leave Israel on Thursday, either morning or afternoon with a stopover in a European country, most likely Istanbul, and land in America on Thursday night, which would probably already be after Yantif, but I was uncomfortable getting off a plane, Matze Yantif, um, you know, imagine walking off a plane on Saturday night in JFK. You get off the airplane, a rabbi with his hat and jacket and his beard and his talus bag walking off the airplane. Obviously, he flew a whole, the whole day leading up to that. I was uncomfortable with that, especially because it would have required a stopover in Europe during Yontif in that European country. Right. So, um, you know, m- many people or some people criticize uh, us, uh, our discussions here, because during our discussions, many times we uh, come up that not everything is black and white. And for some people, complexity or uh, various uh, shades of white don't uh, don't sit well. They want everything to be very, very clear and very systematic. But what can you do that life is not very, very systematic? And even in the Chabad, Chabad uh, circles, the halachic ruling on the second day of Yom Tev is not very systematic. And so much not systematic that the contradiction starts with the Alter Rebbe himself, with Rabbi Shneur Zaman, the first, Lubavitch, the first Rebbe of Chabad. He has two 
separate and contradicting rulings on what should you do uh, for if you visit Israel, living in diaspora and visiting Israel for a holiday. So at Hilchus uh, Yomtev and the laws of, of the holidays, he writes you should do uh, two days. And however, in the laws, uh, in, when he rewrote his Code of Jewish Law, when he rewrote the Shulchan Aruch, in the first uh, chapter, he writes that since holiday uh, receives a special, uh, physic- a special spiritual energy from above, and every place receives its energy in accordance to the physical place where you are, that's why you should always celebrate the holidays in accordance to where you are at the moment. So you, we start with this uh, contradiction already, from the Balatanya, from the Reb Shneur Zalman in Shuchanoch. And if you go another uh, generation, uh, generation later, we find that his grandson, the Tzemach Tzedek, ruled that you should uh, definitely uh, celebrate according to who you are. And there was once um, at his table, there was a, uh, a Jew came from Israel, and he only uh, celebrated one day because he was intending on going back to Israel. And the Tzemach Tzedek said, don't serve him yom tov food. Don't serve him food that is meant for the holiday. Don't waste your good food on him. Exactly. He should be served weekday food. And two generations later, when the Rebbe Rashab, uh, the fifth uh, Lubavitcher Rebbe, he sent uh, students. One of them was our great uncle. Um, he sent students to the Yeshiva Torah Semes to be uh, his shluchim, to be his emissaries for the yeshiva, he told them that they should keep two days, not one day. And, that, and that's where the divide in Chabad generally comes, those that consider themselves shluchim, even though they're living in Israel. Some, some, of, some of them, not all of them. Some of them, not all of them. Some of them. And then it, 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 go, it doesn't, end, doesn't end there, because the Rebbe's uh, grandfather, the Shar HaKoylel, he says you should do according to where you are. That's according to the Chacham Tzvi, according to the second opinion in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan However, the Rebbe had sometimes said one way and sometimes said the other way. There's sometimes that he said, well, that you can follow and you should follow the ruling of his grandfather, the Shara Koylen. But uh, even as, la- as, as late as uh, one of the last years that the Rebbe was uh, in 770, there was a um, Rabbi Gelbstein was a chazan and he uh, was uh, praying in front of the, was praying, was being, being the chazan, leading the prayers. And the Rebbe asked that he should uh, be replaced with somebody who actually lives in, uh, lives, in, lives in America, lives outside of Israel. So this was someone that came from Israel to America and was observing Yom Tevsheni even though he was from Israel. That's right. So it seems like that in the beginning, in the first years of uh, the, the Rebbe, many people, when they came from Israel, they observed only one day. Um, I once heard that, uh, that the rabbi of, rabbi of Kfar Chabad the old Rav of Fahabad, when he came to the Rebbe, he observed only one day, and they even read uh, Kriya Torah of a weekday or something. Cholamoyed, probably. Or, or Cholamoyed, that they had a special minion upstairs for the Israelis who are going back to Israel. Later, when we grew up, when I was a child, I don't never saw anybody observing only one day. Uh, you know, everybody who came to America to, to spend the Tisha with the Rebbe, and I was lucky enough that since I was a very young child, until I... Um, till the Rebbe's last year, um, I've uh, always spent uh, the, the, the month of, uh, of Tishri, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, by the Rebbe, and we always observed two days. So this contradiction went, uh, you know, the Rebbe uh, gave various opinions, apparently, uh, you know, this is Darko Shel Torah, I guess, this is the way of the Torah, sometimes you have a second thought and a third thought, and 
Mishnah Rishonah, Mishnah Achronah. Generally, what wasn't the Rebbe's approach that you should ask a Rav? Speak to a halachic authority, a Rav, a Rabbi who is familiar with the intricacies, not only of halacha, but also of minagamakam, of the custom in the, at the locale, where you'll, where you'll be, and how it is expected for visitors to behave when they visit. That seems to be the of Rebbe's course. approach generally. Of course, and once, uh, and actually on this, on this specific issue, once uh, somebody said the Rebbe that the Shara Koilil says that you should only keep one, two, two days, keep according to where you are, and the Rebbe said, yeah, the Shara Koilil was also a Rav, and you could follow him. Right. But uh, in some of the Rebbe's uh, letters, it seems that the Rebbe was very, very strongly uh, of the other opinion. So I'm not really clear, I'm not sure what is the right, and many people come to Israel and... Um, when people go go to Israel and ask me, should they keep one day or two days? And I ask them, are you, I usually ask them, are you asking me because you know that I'm going to say to keep one day? Then I'm not going to answer your question. <laughs> I only answer uh, to those people who ask me all their questions. If you ask me all, all, all your questions and I'm, uh, I'm your rabbi that, I, that you consult with, then I will also give you uh, my opinion on this. But if you only want to use me for when it makes life easier to you because you want to eat in a good restaurant or you want to fly back to a tur- Turkey um, or wherever you are uh, on the second day of Yom Tov, mm, that I'm not so sure. So I, I'm, not, I'm not a halachic authority, even locally. Uh, I don't have the uh, audacity to make a, a, such broad uh, piske halacha. Uh, but when people do ask me such questions, and it does happen often, whether it's in this particular uh, issue or other halachic issues, and they they seriously want to know, they want an answer, and they'll do what I tell them to do. I'll tell them, listen, I can't give you a halachic answer because I'm not a pasuk, I'm not authorized, I'm not, I don't have the uh, the right training. But I can tell you what I do. This is how I do it. This is what we do, and you can decide to follow what we do, or you can go ask another rabbi. That's uh, my general approach. So when people from here travel to Israel, I tell them that when we go, especially if we're going with our family, not as a single person, we will definitely follow the Minagamakam, we'll, we'll follow the Israeli tradition of having only one day Yantif, which is the original observance of the Yantif. But another issue that that arises, and this is something that uh, happens also for people that cross the dateline during Sefira and end up observing Shavuos on a different day of the ca- on the calendar, they there's still that issue with uh, doing melacha, doing any of the of the forbidden uh, types of work or labor on uh, on Yantif that uh, someone who is not observing Yantif in theory would not have to observe, would not have to keep these or avoid these types of labors, but there's still a halacha that the, because of maris ayin, because of what it can be viewed as, what it'll appear as, you still have to avoid doing that. So even someone who is, is coming from Israel and, and their halachic authority tells them that they only have to do one day of Yantif when they're visiting in the, in the Chutzlar, it's in the diaspora, on this second day of Yantif, they're still not allowed to drive, they're not allowed to do any melachos, at least not in the open, and perhaps not even in their own rooms by themselves when nobody is looking. That's right, and, and I'll tell you, uh, a couple years ago, I, I, uh, I issued a letter calling upon all uh, Kashos uh, supervisors, all the mashgichim who come, and many of them come to Turkey, not to travel into Turkey on Isru Chag, on the day after the Yantif, where in Turkey we observe the second day of Yantif, the second day of the holiday, and uh, because it causes great confusion to the local community. And here they see rabbis with big beards and big hats and rabbinic clothing, and they come and they don't observe the second day of the holiday. And that is uh, 
definitely uh, uh, against halacha, against Jewish law. Halacha really very clearly stipulates that when you come to a city that has a Jewish community, you have to observe uh, at least the the raisa aspects of the holiday. You have to observe those uh, halach, those melachos, those things that otherwise would be uh, forbidden uh, midor raisa. Right. Oh, the one, the one, the one issue that you can't avoid is uh, is not putting on tefillin. Obviously, tefillin is just a muktzah thing. It's not a daraisa not to put on tefillin. And missing a day of tefillin would be a very serious offense um, of uh, being a karkafta delaymanach tefillin for that day. So, if you're visiting from outside of from Israel to the U.S. and you're not observing, or even if you are observing the second day on tefillin, there's there's good reason to say that you should still put on tefillin at least uh, privately in your room without anybody looking. Right. But uh, the other hand, look at look at this whole issue that you have here. For those who keep uh, in Israel two days of Yom Tif, they don't put on tefillin. And um, us, we do put on tefillin. And the same the other way around. Those who Israelis who go to America or go outside of Israel do not put on tefillin on the eighth day of Pesach or on the thing. So it's really a, a very, very delicate question. And it is, on one hand, it is it is quite amazing because, you know, to keep, uh, to hold the second day of Yom Tif, the second day of holiday in Israel while no more uh, holiday environment is quite difficult. Um, but, uh, you know, walk around the streets of Yerushalayim and see all these people dressed like a yomtif, while everybody else is dressed in their weekday clothing. It is, uh, it's very, very different. When I was in Yeshiva in Kfar Chabad, we had, we had a divide down the line among the American Bachram. Uh, for Shavuos, half of us kept two days, half of us kept one day, and it was odd. It was it was it was a very awkward uh, situation to be in. Where half of half of the Bachram, half of the yeshiva students are treating it as a weekday, and everyone else, uh, the other half, is treating it as a yantif. Right, and it it, it was quite uh, it was quite amazing uh, to see also in Yerushalayim the beauty of having uh, 50, 60, I don't know, maybe a hundred thousand Jews walking by foot. Um, Shavuos night to to the Kotel. It was really, really something very, very special. I spent Shavuos in, in Yerushalayim twice in my life. Once in 1989, so almost 30, uh, 20, uh, almost 30 years ago. Wow, 25 years, uh, losing count, 35 years ago. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then recently, five years ago, I was there again with my wife and something that we really look forward to, staying up all night doing Tikkun Lel Shavuos and then from our hotel, walking to the Kotel and davening with the uh, Vasikin minion. Everybody davens, almost everybody davens Vasikin and you find every type of Nusach you'll ever want at the uh, at the Kotel, at the Western Wall, on the morning of Shavuos, and we found a Chabad minion. And the silence that falls at the moment of the crack of dawn. Right, and everybody starts Shema Nasrei. Exactly, exactly. And the, the and there was uh, ice cream stands and water stands all over, all around the every stations. People giving out water for people who were shouldn't be, you know, in the way back is very hot, and people giving water and ice cream and uh, and ices and cakes and kiddush. It's really the outpouring of chesed, of uh, so, so wonderful. And so, you know, yeah. you really feel this brotherly connection between all Jews when everybody comes together. Of course, there's also that uh, unique Chabad custom on Shavuos, not to go, go off too much on a tangent on this, but while everybody else is uh, is up all night 
attending shiurim, lectures, and classes, we read the actual Tikkun El Shavuos, the book of Tikkun El Shavuos, that uh, goes through the entire Torah Shabbat and the Mishnah and the parts of Zohar. It's obviously not only Chabad, it's all Hasidic. All all Hasidic. Ha- right, but uh, today, by and large, everyone else tries to come up with, uh, lo- with attractive lectures and shiurim, while we sit in our base medrash or in our shuls or in our, ho- in our homes and read the Tikkun. But what I'm getting at is that five years ago when I was in Yerushalayim for Shavuos, so I went down to the lobby of the hotel to uh, do Tikkun El Shavuot. In the lobby, there were shurim, there were lectures going on on various topics, different uh, lectures throughout the night for men and for women. So I was sitting on the side by myself with my Tikkun and you know, listening into the various shurim. Then across the lobby, I see someone else is sitting in a, in a chair in the lobby, also reading Tikkun El Shavuot. And I see that it's uh, Rabbi Donyoy Levi from the OK Labs, who is also a Labavacher Chassid, Olav Shalom. He passed away recently from coronavirus. Um, but this, so this was just a few years before that. So he and I sat through the night, we read the Tikkun El and then at uh, a half hour before dawn, we closed our books, we closed, uh, we put on our hats and jackets and our kapatas, and together we walked to the kotel, to the to the western wall that morning. A very uh, very memorable uh, walk with him through Mamila. Anyway, but let me let me add another. Get back a little bit to to the to the time differences and the impl- you know and the and the implications it has. I it was the case. I remember a couple of years ago. I think it was when uh, when Arzeda passed away. So my sister, who lives in Kosamoy, Thailand, flew in to be with the family for the Shabbos of the Shivas. Now, see, she flew out of um, of uh, Thailand. I think Friday morning, landed in in South Korea in Seoul, and flew out uh, Friday afternoon from Korea, and landed in New York. Friday morning. Now, on her flight, it became dark. Came dark means it became Shabbos. Right, but because it wasn't Shabbos <laughs> at the destination, it wasn't Shabbos at the destination, so it's not Shabbos. So she asked the Rav. So first of all, the many Rabbanim couldn't really understand what's going on over there, and, told, and you know said, oh, "Don't ask me and don't do that." Right. And then she asked uh, another Rav. Says, "Yeah, just while you're on the flight and it's dark, do not get up and don't go to the." Don't, if you have to go to the toilet on the plane, don't lock the door because that is going to turn on a light. But uh, but when you land in New York, it's Friday, there's no more Shabbos for you. Right. Also, don't eat anything while on flight after it's dark because you might have to make Yiddish. My father used to travel to the Far East a lot for business. He used to travel to Japan. And very often he would do it during Sphira, during the uh, counting of the Oimer. And because he would return to the estates before Shavuos, so it didn't affect when he would have to observe the holiday. However, while he was there, he was counting a different Sfiris uh, Omer count than the local Jews. He spent Shabbos in Kobe a few times, Kobe, Japan, that had a uh, Sephardic Jewish community, and they count, they were doing a different Sfiris Omer. And he said one Shabbos that he was there, there were people from Israel. I guess that year, the last day of Pesach was Shabbos. So the Israelis were reading a different Torah portion, and the Americans were doing a different Sfiris Omer. And it was one big happy family in the shul in Japan. And that is actually what we did in the hotel now in uh, in. Uh... In Israel, I was called up to Rishon, I was called up to the Torah, and they read the entire Bamidbar and, and the Rishon of Nasser. It was a quite a long, a long aliyah. All in your honor, because you, you missed Bamidbar. <laughs> Not missed Bamidbar, I'm, yeah, okay, it was for Bamidbar. We, we actually had a whole million of people who missed Bamidbar, but my, um, my father-in-law's brother, Rabbi David Shochat from, uh, from Toronto, said that we have to read both, because he, held, he was of the opinion that um, the question is, what, what is the obligation of reading from the Torah? It's obligation on the individual, or it's obligation on the congregation, 
and if it's an obligation on the congregation, it really also has some dependency on the place. If it's an obligation of the individual, it uh, it goes on, on the parsha that you have to read. So we read Bamidbo because that is the obligation of the individual, and we also read Nosoi, which is that is the obligation of the place. So we had a very very long, uh, long Torah reading read by. Uh, a fellow shaliach was also there at the at the hotel, but it was quite wonderful being there. So going going back to uh, Israelis observing only one day when they're in America, so I recently heard a story about a Chabad house in uh, the Midwest somewhere who ha- was hosting some Israelis, or it's on a college campus. So there was an Israeli student, and he decided that he only has to keep one day, which perhaps has his halachic backing for that. But what he didn't know is that when you only keep one day of Yantif, you can't do any melachas, like we said, anything that's a daraisa on uh, that one, that second day when everyone else is still observing Yantif. Anyway, it was, uh, it was Pesach. On the second day of Pesach, he comes to the Chabad house with his tefillin. Everybody's davening, Yantif davening, and he shows up with his tefillin. And in front of everybody, he's putting on his tefillin, and he's davening. And afterwards, one of the students went over to him and asked him if, uh, if he's Israeli. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm Israeli and I only have to keep one day. So for me, today is like a regular day. So the student asks him, so is it your minig to put on tefillin on Chalamoid? So he says, oh, no, I forgot. I forgot that we don't put on tefillin on Chalamoid. He was so busy trying, <laughs> making a statement that he only has to keep one day that he forgot that most people don't put on tefillin on Chalamoid. You, you have to get your priorities straight and, and worked out. Exactly. But, but the, the, the truth is that this is exactly what the, what the Chachamim have, uh, have said, that when you are in public, you have to behave um, according to Yom Tif. And even if you only observe one day, you have to behave so much so that, uh, that the Shulchan Aruch says that you also have to wear uh, Yom Tif clothing. You have to wear the Yom Tif clothing because it's also an Indian of Farhesi, because it's something of public. Something of public, we, we have to go out of our way to make sure that Jews... Uh, do not seem to have two separate Torahs. Right. It's a little complicated concept because we do have so many different different, different customs and different ways of observing and even different halachic opinions that we, that we follow. But on the major principles, we've got to try to make sure that there is a, uh, you know, a conformity, that people are following the same general rule. You can't come and say, okay, my Yom Tov is going to be different than everybody else. Bottom line, when did you fly home? What time did, you, did your flight leave Israel? So the flight left Israel at uh, 8 p.m., um, which uh, in Turkey was still Yom Tif, But when we landed in Turkey, it was already after the Yom Tif, and we uh, came home. And we, it did happen um, that a couple years ago, my, uh, my, son, um, my son, when my son was born, so uh, his bris was a day after Shavuos, and my father came from Israel. Uh, he flew... Uh, to Miami, he flew out on uh, when in Israel was uh, was not Yom Tov, was not holiday. He landed in Miami. He waited in the airport for four or five hours. Oh wow! And he took a car and he and he came and he came he came to to the bris before we came back from shul. Matzei Shvuas, he was already at home when he told me he's never doing it again. It felt so strange. It felt for very him. strange. I'm sure, and that's why I didn't want to do it that time when I was there. Just doesn't doesn't feel right. Exactly. It felt so strange for him that here he knows that uh, that uh, me and our family were all sitting and having Yom Tif, and he's sitting in the airport, you know, waiting for Yom Tif to be over. Can't even do, go on his phone. Can't do anything. 
Yeah, so he felt very strange, so he decided uh, he's not going to do it again. What I thought was would be a very interesting question is, if I land in middle of Yom Tif, okay, I left Israel, I only observe one day, because we follow the opinion that you only do one day, and I land in Turkey while in Turkey is Yom Tif. Now, I live in Turkey. Now, do I start now observing the remaining of the Yom Tif and have to make Havdalah again because I, I do have the remaining of the Yom Tif? Or, since I did not start Yom Tif, I don't have to continue. It's an interesting question. Um, uh, Maybe I, when we uh, when we expand our podcast and we start inviting guests on, we'll have a uh, a, a posik, a halachic disheiser to come on and answer all of our halachic questions that we have. But that that's actually a good lesson. You know, we people and uh, you always have to ask other people, try to get opinions, and also learn, 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 learn. Mm-hmm. Learn is so important. Important to to expand our horizons and keep digging and keep keep digging and not to, it's not black and white and it's not white and white and it's not black and black. There is there are a lot of opinions and there's a Mishnah Choyno Mishnah Rishoyno. Uh, the same way the Alter Rebbe was able to write in the Shochanoch once like that and then later when he wrote the Madura Basro the, the the newly expanded edition which he only managed to he we only have in our hands uh, four chapters of it. He changed his opinion on some very, very important issues. It is okay to change your mind. Changing your mind is part of part of greatness. And if you keep listening to our podcast, maybe your mind will actually be changed once in a while. Oi, oi, oi. God forbid. All right, take care. All the best. I'll see you, Mandy. Take care. Bye.